Hi everyone, welcome to your online learning session today. So in this chapter, you will be learning about understanding interpersonal relations. Now in this chapter, you will get to learn about the concept of the Johari window model. That's where you learn about your abilities and perhaps some of the abilities that you are not aware of. So this Johari window model suggests some explanation on how we can get to understand ourselves and also understand others. Next, uh, you will also learn about how to deliver and receive feedback. Now, giving feedback is crucial to our self-development and also crucial for others' self-development. And lastly, we will learn about the advantages and disadvantages of disclosure. So, disclosure here means you sharing certain private information about yourself to others in order to build some trust. However, there are some pros and cons to that. So this will all be discussed in this podcast. So let's dive right into this Johari window model. So you must be wondering why the name Johari? It sounds like a Malay dude's theory, I suppose. Well, actually, no. Johari is a combination of two names by the scholars Joseph Lutt and also Harry Ingham. So in 1955, both of them created this Johari window model. So what does this model suggest? Well, this model allows us to minimize conflict in relationships and it also helps us to improve our communication and interpersonal relationship with other people. So this tool, it helps us to reduce in making wrong perceptions about other people in our daily dealings. So in this model, there are four quadrant grid. Okay, the first quadrant grid, it's called the open arena okay, or open area. Right? So this is where uh, it is known to yourself and also known to others. So what is known to yourself and known to others? It refers to knowing about the behavior okay, or your behavior that you know and that others can also see as well about you. Right? So this open space or open arena needs to be kept open and needs to be kept large as much as possible. If the open arena is small, it may lead to unnecessary perceptions and assumptions being made. The second quadrant grid is called the blind spot. So this blind spot is unknown to yourself, but it is known to others. And it can be a very difficult situation to manage because you're unaware about this quality that you have in yourself 
and it can cause other people to talk behind your back. For example, uh, in the workplace, you like to swear a lot, but you are unaware that this is actually making other people uncomfortable and it may be perceived as unprofessional. But no one has told you that this is unprofessional. I'll give you a real example. In my previous workplace, I used to uh, address others as um, aku and engkau. Okay? So I thought by using aku and engkau, uh, that is I, you uh, in English, okay, uh, I thought that it would be okay because it's like we're friends. So why should I use more professional ways to address? But however, um, behind my back, um, some of my colleagues have been saying that, oh, Fatima is super rude. Yeah, so that happened. And it was a blind spot for me. Until one fine day, one of my colleagues actually uh, told me that, ah, babe, you cannot say aku and kau to uh, other colleagues because they think that it's actually unprofessional. All right, point taken. So if feedback is not given properly to uh, you, you might stay stuck in this behavior and in the long term, people might ostracize you and you will be left out. Okay, so the third quadrant grid is called hidden area or facade. Now in this hidden area, the behavior okay, is known to yourself. Okay, the, your behavior, your qualities, your experiences, you keep it to yourself and it is unknown to others. Now, in the hidden area, people can keep certain information to themselves. Why? Because that information is private for you. Okay? And perhaps you feel like, I don't think uh, I should share this information because it might affect how people perceive me. Yeah? However, the hidden area can also be known to a limited number of people. Okay, let's give an example here. Um, for example, a real example, eh? you actually have a mental illness. You were diagnosed with a certain mental illness and it is only known to yourself okay? and you did not share it with others. Or maybe you are going through a divorce. Again, this is known to yourself and you never shared it with others. And because of these situations, your behaviors are affected. You may seem moody or you may seem sad all the time and people don't understand why are you portraying all of these behaviors. So this is what we call the hidden area. Only you know what's going on. Lastly, the fourth quadrant grid is called the unknown area. The unknown area is where it is unknown to yourself and it is also unknown to others. No communication exists about this unknown area just because both parties are unaware of it. Uh, so that means it won't become the subject of discussion. Okay, This situation may sound strange but it does happen in the workplace. For example, um, there was a sexual harassment issue 
in the office, but it is not communicated to you. And perhaps that sexual harassment did happen to you, but you are unaware of it because you might feel like, oh, it's normal. Um, this is not sexual harassment. This is just flirting. Okay, the guy is just flirting with me, but in actual reality, that is considered sexual harassment. But you don't know that it is sexual harassment, and because you don't know, so you don't report it. When there's no report going on, the issue will not be discussed. Hence, this issue of sexual harassment is in the unknown area and. Many miscommunication, many problems in the office occurs because of this unknown area. That's why it is extremely important to communicate some uh, important issues in the office. A, a really good example was the sexual harassment issue. There are also issues like I shared in the slides. We can refer to the slide notes. Um, categories of bad bosses. Sometimes, as a boss, you don't know that you're a bad boss. You think that oh, I'm doing a great job, but actually, you're not. Okay. And other people or your other other staff are also unaware that you're not being a good boss because they feel like oh, boss is not around or. Yeah, it, um, the boss never caused us any problem, so why bother? Okay, but actually, you know, I I'm sure you've learned in the leadership chapter how important it is to have an effective leader, hence effective leadership. Yeah, so this unknown area is the source of miscommunication, and also unproductivity in the workplace. So you are now well acquainted with the four quadrants. So what's important to remember in the Johari model is that we must ensure the open arena or the open area is big. Keep it large, okay? So that there is no blind spot. There's no hidden areas. You can keep some information to yourself. But it should not be too much of it because otherwise people will perceive you as shady. Yeah. So for the blind spot, if possible, you must know more about your own qualities as well as what other people are talking about you. So it's good to be in the know. So to ensure good relationship and smooth communication, all parties involved need to share the information. Trust needs to be established. Once trust is established, then only we can get on with giving the feedback. So with more feedback, the hidden area will be smaller. It will be minimized, and enlarging the open arena. Come to the second part of this online lesson. This is the topic on feedback. Now, when we 
think about feedback, we think about giving comments or we think about giving constructive criticism or sometimes we just rant or lash out at people as a form of feedback. But is it effective? Is it constructive? Hmm, guess not. So in this part here, we'll learn about what is actually feedback. So the definition of feedback is giving the information in a way which encourages the recipient to accept it, reflect on it, learn from it, and most importantly, improve their behavior. So that's the point of feedback. If you don't have all of these intentions in mind, then it's better to not say anything until you have a clear objective on why you want to give this feedback. Right, onwards with the 8 tips for delivering constructive feedback. Yep, you heard me right. There are 8 tips I would like to share with you. So let's look at the first tip here. Communicate caringly. What does this mean? What does this caring means? So basically, it means that you have the right mindset and intention towards the receiver. Okay, so for example... Let's say you have observed your friend in the office. Um, he's a bit slow uh, in completing his job because he's your friend. So you naturally you care for that person's well-being. But if you were the supervisor or the manager, okay, you care about your employee's KPI or progress. So because of that, you have that positive mindset to communicate caringly. So an example of some dialogue would be, okay, John, I like how you do your job. It's very detailed. However, um, you're a bit slow in this part. I'm telling you this because as a boss, I would like your performance to be much better and that will reflect in your KPI. So that's an example of a dialogue between a boss and the employee. Secondly, uh, balancing feedback with praise. Now, in other words, uh, Toastmasters like to use this. It's called the sandwich method. So, okay, imagine a sandwich. Um, there are two pieces of bread and in the middle is the filling, yeah, or the tasty bits. So, first of all, Provide feedback or provide praise first, yeah? So say something nice and then you criticize and then you finish it off with something nice to say. So feedback here, it's usually given to inform about a situation which needs to be corrected. But rather than just go directly with the criticism, sandwich, use the sandwich method to criticize but also praise. As human beings, we like praise more. We don't like to be criticized. So the sandwich method is perfect. Let's look. Uh, let's listen to an example. Okay, uh, referring to the previous example, I used um, uh, John, who is a, a good employee, but he's a bit slow. Am I right? Yeah. So what the boss said. Okay. First of all, he said. 
John, you are very good worker. You're very detail oriented. However, your work is a bit slow. Even though it's slow, I do appreciate all the details that you have considered. Ah, uh, so at least the criticism it's not too much of a blow for the other person. All right, so that's how you can use the sandwich method. Number three, allow for a two-way conversation. Listen to the receiver's perspective and allow for the receiver to tell their side of the story. Right. Let's take the same example, John. John, if you're listening, sorry, I'm sort of using your name for this example. Hope you don't mind. Okay. So here, allow for a two-way conversation. To put it simply, pause. Give some pause to the conversation. Or maybe you can say something like, mm, "Would you like to say anything? Um, did I?" Uh, did I say anything that's not right? Uh, so you are allowing for an open conversation about this. Uh, the pause method is really effective because yeah, you are pausing to listen to the other person's point of view. Okay, let's look at number four. Provide specific suggestions. Give specific suggestions on how to improve the situation. Okay, so you've already criticized or given uh, or given feedback to the behavior. So what's the problem? The problem is you're too slow. Okay, that employee is too slow, too detail oriented. So what can the boss suggest? The boss can suggest to give specific suggestions. Okay, for example, he can say, right, why don't you? Uh, not be too detail oriented in this part because this is all formatting. Okay, formatting we can give to other people to uh, edit. Your main task is to focus on the content. Uh, so instead of just criticizing, provide specific suggestions on how the other person can improve. Uh, so that way the other person will know where and how to improve their behavior okay number five ask permission make sure the receiver is available to discuss and not in a rushed or stressed out mood so before you want to give a feedback ask permission hey john is it okay if we talk about uh, your performance uh, are you in a hurry do you have other work to do so when we ask permission, it is very professional actually. Instead of just barging in with your suggestions and your criticism, okay. So ask permission. Is it okay if we talk now? Are you free? Are you healthy? How how has it been with your health or your family? So make small talk and then move on to asking the permission. Tip number six, be specific on the issue. Okay, focus on the issue and not on the person as a whole. All right, explain the consequences of her behavior to the work. So make it about the issue, about the behavior and not the person as a whole. Because if we criticize the person, for example, John, you're always like this. Okay, 
you're so lazy or you're so slow. So you are generalizing, you are making sweeping statements about that person instead of focusing on the real issue and the real behavior that needs to be improved. So be specific on the issue. Number seven, be timely. Now give feedback immediately as you spot the mistake to ensure the receiver recalls clearly and avoid repeating the mistake. Okay, so be timely here. Again, it does not mean that you are allowed to barge in, to impose your uh, suggestions on the spot. But you must look at the situation. Are there many people around? Are there many... um, Uh, incidents or uh, is it free for you guys to talk about this so be timely as soon as you spot the mistake uh, then keep in mind or ask permission firstly to the uh, to the employee that you will need to have a discussion and you want to make an appointment yeah set up an appointment with the other person so be timely here again does not mean immediately you know barge in but yeah look at the situation and the context lastly pick the right place yeah make sure the feedback is done in a private place to ensure that the receiver will not be embarrassed and uninterrupted again uh, be timely and picking the right place is crucial because you're not there to you know be unfair you want to be professional and you also have good intentions to improve that person's behavior so pick the right place and the right time um i've experienced with this oh my god it's super embarrassing so in my previous workplace um our office is very small so one day i got called in by my dean and she and she asked me to close the door and i did okay so perfect time and yeah the right place the office however the office's wall was very thin and as soon as she started shouting everyone in the office can hear the conversations quote unquote so did i learn from it did i accept it did I reflect on it? Oh my god, no. Okay, so it's very ineffective and super embarrassing for me. Yeah, but there you go. It's very important to pick the right time and pick the right place. <sighs> so those are all the eight tips for giving constructive feedback. about the eight tips to give constructive feedback we now understand that feedback is very very important so let's discuss some of the effects of giving constructive feedback the first positive effect is that the employee can see things differently after receiving feedbacks they are able to see what are some of the behaviors and methods that they can improve on so the employee will be able to improve their quality of work secondly the employee will not mind going the extra mile they will feel very much appreciated due to the constructive feedback they won't feel offended at all 
and they understand and trust that the feedback given by their employer is due to positive intentions and that they care. So the newly motivated employee will make that extra effort to do their best. Number three, it encourage the employee to try new things. So feedback is a crucial element in an innovation culture because we are living in unprecedented times. We are the postmodern society and there are many, many uh, ways or style or issues that we can explore. So because of this, there are many new things to try. This will encourage the employees to try creative ways to upgrade and level up in their job. Lastly, people care and knowledge expansion. So it encourages people to care for each other. Giving positive or constructive feedback encourages care. We care for each other's well-being, professional development. And because of that, the employee will be able to learn and constantly be curious. So this is why it's important to give constructive feedback because the effects are tremendous for the employee and for the organization as a whole. Finally, we've come to the last part of the online lesson we will learn about disclosure. Now, disclosure here is a conversation that takes place where a person willingly gives a piece of information and that piece of information is a bit uncomfortable to share with because it's private. So usually, private information are something like Uh, an illness, a disability, or maybe a bad behavior. So it's something private to you. And when a person discloses something, the information should be kept confidential. So disclosure is very much different than um, a conversation that just, you know, where you give Uh, some information which is on the surface level but disclosure is more uh, deep and personal so the question here is should we be an open book or a closed door so that will lead to discussing the advantages of disclosure previously we discussed about giving feedback okay this is where for example the boss gives feedback or gives opinion about your performance. Now, in disclosure, the employee gets to explain why he or she is behaving like this. In other words, the employee gets to disclose private information that explains their behavior. So, what are some of the uh, advantages of disclosure? Well, firstly, It allows a person to know him or herself better and it also allows the other person to know him or herself better as well. So people who are honest with themselves, they're great team players as they tend to appreciate other people's feelings and emotions too. So for example, 
you want to communicate to your boss the reason why uh, I'm doing this job very slowly is because I have a certain illness. Yeah. So then only the boss will understand, oh, you are going through some issue. That's why you have been working like this. Uh, so uh, actually, the person knows about his or her disability. And then because of the disclosure, the boss also knows too. So that's great. That will lead to the second advantage of disclosure. It builds confidence and trust in the self. Okay. It also builds confidence and trust between the self and others. So people with high self-confidence are known as risk takers. They will also voice out their concerns when any challenges arise. Because it's not easy to disclose private information. Yeah, be because there are so many at stake. You are vulnerable. However, if you trust yourself and you trust that other person, then you should totally disclose what's really going on. Okay, And lastly, it builds stronger bond with teammates. High self-disclosure can lead to interpersonal depth and relationships can be strengthened and also it can be saved because all of the miscommunication that has happened before has now been understood. Uh, just because you were willing enough to disclose that crucial piece of information. However, there are of course some disadvantages of disclosure. So the first disadvantages of disclosure is that well, the information that you have disclosed may not be well received by others. Maybe because the way you share that information could be unclear or ineffective and perhaps the other person who was uh, listening to your disclosure might not be able to understand or is not willing to understand. So that will be some of the reasons why the information that you disclose may not be well received. Secondly, the work process will slow down due to misunderstanding. So that is important. Uh, so that is why it is important to provide uh, effective communication, especially when you want to disclose something that's really personal or private to avoid these misunderstandings. Thirdly, the information may be used against you. So if you have any uh, information that the other person might be the makcik bawang of your office or might be one of the main gossipers, yeah, don't go and disclose information to that person. It is important to know who you can disclose to. So that's why um, the information may be used against you. And maybe that's why some of the reasons many people do not want to disclose because of the vulnerability that they impose on themselves. And it can actually be used against you. However, I do personally, I do believe that 
if we are honest and we know that the other person means well and it's honest and also professional, then it is actually good to disclose information. Okay, I'll give you a real example. Uh, when I was pregnant, I suffered from uh, prenatal depression. Uh, first of all, I was very afraid to discuss this with my boss. But then as it got worse, uh, I wasn't able to come to class. I was always on leave. And then I had panic attacks. Uh, then That was the moment I decided to, you know what, just tell the boss. And when I really thought about it, uh, the boss, eh, Mr. Zaki, he has a background in psychology. So I figured that hmm, he might understand what I'm going through. And I decided to disclose this piece of information to him. And thank God that was the best decision ever that I've made. Uh, because of the disclosure of that information, uh, he was able to arrange my classes and give it to some other lecturers who was willing to help until I got better. And because of that, uh, I did get better because I was able to have ample time to go for therapy and to heal. And after that, uh, work went on as usual. So thank God uh, for good bosses. Hooray! So that's all for our lesson for today. Uh, we have discussed the Johari window model. Okay, we also discussed the four quadrant grids on how to have a more understanding relationship with each other in the office. We also discussed about feedback and the constructive tips for giving feedback. Lastly, we discussed disclosure and how it's not that easy to disclose information, especially if it's private information. It could affect your relationship with others, but nevertheless, being able to disclose is an act of courage. But do choose the right people to disclose your information with. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Stay tuned for more podcasts and stay safe, you guys. Practice good hygiene and take care of your health. I'll see you again, hopefully in two weeks' time. Bye! Bye.